Hello, my dear friends. I wanted to share some thoughts of inspiration as we try to take in the upcoming Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Aseris Mechua that are coming up. I will be the first to admit that it's not the same when you're in Yeshiva and you're in that El's man and you hear those words El and it just makes a tremendous impact. And when you are a Balabas and you're working, um, it's just you don't feel it as much and you have to work hard to feel it. So I want to share a couple of things. I hope to divide this actually into two main sections. Um, I'm, this is going to be a bunch of Vertlich, probably about 15 or so. If you want to count them, I'm not going to. Um, and then I want to do a whole shtickle, which I uh, really, really love from Rav Yechiel uh, Goldheber on why we cover the shofar when we make the bracha in shul. So stay tuned, Be'ez Hashem. I really hope to put that out hopefully in the next day or two. But Be'ez Hashem, for now, this is just a couple of ha'aras on the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and Asaris Mechuba. All right. So there's a maral, which there's always so much brilliance to learn from the maral. And he says this in many places, but one of his kashas is like this. He says, you look at the Chumash, you have the parasha Bereshis, tells about God creating the world. Wonderful. Uh, six days he works, seventh day he rests. Okay. And you have Adam and Chava and story about the creation. Okay. Then you have the story of Noah, how they sin and they get warned and they don't listen and they, do- they get destroyed and Hashem saves the world, uh, saves the world through Noah, destroys the rest of the world. Okay. Then all of a sudden you meet Avraham. But you don't meet him and learn about what a tzaddik he was and what an Ovid Hashem he was. Nothing. You don't, there's nothing, you don't meet anything about him. And I know you're, don't, don't, don't worry. I know, I'm, I'm well aware that you meet him at the end of Parshas Noah. He's born and he gets married. Zo. Doesn't tell us anything about him. You're going to say, well, Rashi says, or caused him. There's nothing in the Pesukim that say anything about the greatness of Avram. And all of a sudden, you open up Parshas Lech Lecha. Hashem's talking to him. He's a prophet. And Hashem says, Lech Lecha me'artzchem avicha. I'm bringing, I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to make you famous. I'm going to make you great. You're going to have lots of money, lots of children. Says Maral, wait a minute. What did Avram do? Why was he chosen? Avram probably did great things. I'm sure he did. Right? So why is it that the Torah doesn't introduce us with any explanation about who he is? doesn't say anything about him. This says Maral. And this is my interpretation of Maral. It's not exactly his wording, but you're a parent, and you love your child, and you love your child unconditionally. Why do you love your child? Because I love you. You don't have to explain it. I don't love you. It's not conditional on anything you do. In fact, any, there's, there's, there's rarely anything that you can do that would make me stop loving you. I might be disappointed in you because I want you to be successful, and I want you to be a healthy person. I want you to have a functional, healthy, happy life. But the love is intrinsic, and that love is not dependent on anything. It's avash in its libidavar. Says Maral, that's why the Rebbe Shalom chose Avraham. Yes, it's true. There is an element, like the Der Hashem explains, Ramchal explains, that it was up for grabs who was going to become the Amma Nivchar, and Hashem was looking for that nation that would choose him. And Avraham certainly, you know, was Makar Boro at age three and spent his entire life looking for God and culmination of a circumcision at age 99 and having a child and Yitzhak and etc etc and there are many great things that we learn in the Chumash that Avraham did but in the actual introduction says Maral there is nothing listed that he did it's just a lech lecha I just choose you and I love you intrinsically and that shows that there's nothing you could do that you'll lose it and if the Christians want to say that um, you know God forsake the Jews that's not our religious belief and and Yashem lo shinisi so therefore says Maral that's the lesson I chose you. That's it. You're chosen. There's nothing you can do. You can't ever lose it. And that intrinsic love that Hashem has for us carries us through life. And we need to feel that unlimited love that Hashem has for us. And I'm sorry that I'm going to butcher the story, but I think it's a great story and it brings it out. And it's not exactly 
I didn't, uh, you know, I, I, I'm paraphrasing it. I heard this interview a couple months ago, and I, to me, it really rang a bell. And I want to just share a story. But remember the lesson of the morale always, that Hashem loves us intrinsically and just for who we are, and that's it, not for any of the actions that we do. So there's a Israeli Sephardi guy named Moshe Levi, and he's one of 40 Israelis to have received the Medal of Valor, which is a very, very prestigious thing, and he was a hugely brave person. So he's in the Yom Kippur War exactly 50 years ago, just about, okay, and he's in the Sinai, and there's an Egyptian operation, and it's looking really, really bad, and they're surrounded, they're outnumbered, and take a pause. Before they go out there, and they know they're all going to die, but they don't have a choice, they... There's a man there, a very famous young man in the army, Avner Zadani. And he became a Balchuva um, in his youth. And he gives a whole speech about how this is a time to get close to Hashem. And this is a time to repent. And people are really, really moved. And he says, take a mitzvah, whether it's charity, whether it's something, Torah, whatever it is. And this man, Moshe Lavi, who is a high-ranking officer, a young man, but high-ranking officer in the army, leading this group, he says, I am a Kabul, even though I'm not religious, I'm going to put on tefillin if I survive this. Okay, amazing, beautiful. So they're surrounded, and Moshe Levi is, is shot. He can't use his arm, and he realizes that he's probably going to bleed to death and die. So he says, well, why should I just die for no reason? I might as well help someone. So with his last strength that he has, he pulls his grenade out, and with his mouth, he pulls out the piece. It's holding, It's in his hand. He throws it at a... At a um, at an Egyptian tank. The tank blows up, and this really caused a tremendous uh, outpouring of success for the Israeli side, and that turned the tide. However, when the grenade went off, it also ricocheted and ripped off his left arm. He's laying there, bleeding to death again, and he tells the paramedics, Israeli paramedics, save my men first. I'm going to die anyway. Just save them. So you can understand this man is, is a hero on many fronts. Well, thankfully he survived, although he probably didn't feel that way right away. So he's in New York getting a prosthetic. The Israeli government sent him there to get his prosthetic for his arm. And he's feeling really down because he has some big questions on God. First of all, his friend Avner Zadani, who had helped create all these Bali Chuba, he's dead. He died in the operation. And second of all, he had promised God that he would put on tefillin, and God blew off the exact arm that he said he would put tefillin on. So... Him and God are not really understanding each other very well, in his, in his view. So his friend tells him, listen, you have to meet this rabbi, the, the Baba Rebbe. He says, I don't need to meet another rabbi. He says, no, you have to go. I made an appointment. You're going. He wants to talk to you. He goes to the Baba Rebbe. The Baba Rebbe is crying with him. He's so sad about this, the, the loss, his arm and his friends, everything. And he tries to he gives, give him chizik. He says, rabbi, just tell me the truth. This doesn't make any sense. What happened? Avner Zadani, this is the guy who brought back so many Bali Chuva. He inspired me and he's dead. So the Rebbe said, what do you mean? He said he fulfilled his purpose. That was his entire purpose in life. He became a Balchuva and he inspired other people. He's perfect. He perfected himself. He said, what about me, Rabbi? This doesn't make any sense. He said, look at my arm. I promised God that I would put on tefillin. What happened to my arm? Literally, I can't. So the Balchuva said, what do you mean? Hashem is showing you, I love you unconditionally. I love you because of who you are. I don't love you for any mitzvah that you do. I don't love you for anything you do for me. I don't even need your tefillin. The second you said, I want to be close to you, bam, we have a relationship. He said, that's the most important lesson that Hashem taught you. And he said, Rabbi, you comforted me. That meant so much to him. Obviously, we can't understand what that means, or to lose a hand. But that comforted him. But he said, Rabbi, tell me, look at me. How am I ever going to be successful? How can I ever work? So the Rabbi said, don't worry. You'll be successful, and you'll be a, 
and you'll help others. And that's what happened. He became very successful, got his prosthetic, put on his filling every day, and got developed a real relationship with God. That's wh- that's who I think of when I say when I when I when I think of this morale, and I say Hashem loves you intrinsically. He doesn't need anything from you. On Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, we stand in front of Hashem. It's not easy to daven. It's not easy. We want to step out. We want to take breaks. It's very normal. It, it, everyone, everyone comes to me as a therapist. They talk about how hard it is, right? It's hard. It's hard to, to concentrate and to stay focused. But when you stand in front of Hashem, you say, Hashem, I'm giving you my all right now. This is what I could offer you. Or Hashem, my kids need my attention, and this is my responsibility and my mitzvah, and this is the mitzvah that I could do right now. That's, that's the most beautiful thing. That's what Hashem wants from us. I read a beautiful thought from Rav Melech, who I'll be quoting a few more things. This article book is amazing. Around the year with Rav Melech. Hashem should give him strength and be able to continue to inspire people. So he says, people always complain. What's the biggest complaint around Rosh Hashanah? I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. What is the, the truth is, feeling things is a big bracha from Hashem. We don't, it's true. It's not always easy to feel things. So he says that a guy was riding an elevator. He goes, he's in Manhattan on a high rise, and he sees, ah, the 95th floor is the tallest floor in the building. Another guy gets on. He says, oh, what floor? 95th. Oh, he also wants to go to the top. So he pushes it. They get to the top. They get to the 95th floor. And he looks at the guy and says, okay, we're here. The guy says, I'm not getting off. He says, what do you mean? <laughs> like, I thought you wanted to get to the 95th floor. He says, I don't feel like I'm on the 95th floor. He says, listen, you fool. You're on the 95th floor. All right. So whether you feel it or not, it's still Rosh Hashanah. It's still Aserah Mechuba. It's still Yom Kippur. It's still Sugis. I'll vibe. We should. But even if you don't feel it, you're still there. But I wanted to say another little addition there. And that is... You know why you don't feel it? You don't feel it because your your vision is being blocked. It happens to be that the technology is built in a way that you shouldn't feel that, you know, trepidation when you're on that level. But if your vision is blocked, you don't feel it. But if you look around, you could feel it. There's a famous vart about a sicko, why it's all four sides. All you do is you look up and you always see the schach, which is the temporary roof, to, to remind us of Hashem. Okay. Um, before I go into the Remelech Vertlech, the rest of them, which I want to end with those couple of Ertlach, I want to just say another thing from Amatisio Salman. And I, I spoke this over with a couple of friends and I developed it and this is this is the shtickle. It's a it's a beautiful shtickle. So Ramatisio Salman says like this. He says, I don't understand. If you take a sitter and you look at the tefillos that we daven throughout the year, the regular Shimon Esrei for weekday, please Hashem give us brains. Please Hashem give us food. Give us parnasa. Give us health. Give us Torah. Give us redemption. All these beautiful things that we ask for, they make perfect sense that we ask for them. On Rosh Hashanah, <laughs> on the day that Hashem is judging the world, we should be asking those things. The other things in Shemona Esrei, which are that we daven on, on, on Rosh Hashanah, those things that we daven, those are all to be to be mamul Hashem on us. That we should spend the whole year doing. We should spend the whole year reminding us that Hashem is in charge and that we shouldn't forget. But on Rosh Hashanah, we should be begging for all the things we need. So who made up this this order? Now, you might be thinking of a couple of answers, and those answers are partially incorporated in what are the answer he's going to give. But I want to just say one thing. This is not his kasha. It's Rechaim Velazhin's kasha. Rechaim Velazhin, Nefesh Chaim, asks his kasha. And Rechaim Velazhin gives an answer that Ramatisio Salman tries to develop and expands with his own muscle. So Rechaim Velazhin says that if you think about it, who wrote the Tfilos? Ajik Hezakadola, right? 120 Chachamim, Mehem, Kam, Neviim, many, many Neviim. And they wrote it with Ruach HaKodesh, and they knew the formula, how to connect to God. And that formula is so powerful that just saying the word sometimes, of course, we should try to understand that, but even if you don't understand it, that also has power. So when Mela, this is what he says, that Rechaim Velashen says that, yeah, to us it doesn't make sense, but that's the tefillah that they were misogging. This says Ramadan Yisrael Solomon, fine, that's a good yisod in tefillah, but how do we explain it? Lamaisa, how do we explain it? So he says like this, there was once a very, very benevolent ruler, 
And this ruler owned the land. And one thing that he was in charge, is, in charge of is all the building. So he owned all the building, building supplies, all the wood, all the brick, all the, all the mortar, all the cement, all the different things. And whenever you needed to buy it from him, you would go to him and you would put in a massive order in his lumberyard. It was basically a, a glorified Lowe's or Home Depot. And, um, and, he, and he would give you whatever you needed and you would, you would pay for it. He said there was, a, there was a young apprentice who came and started becoming a very, very successful builder in town and developed a nice relationship with this um, benevolent uh, own, ruler. And one day he came to the ruler and said, you know, we're really close. I, I really appreciate who you are. You're a wonderful person. And I want to build a palace for you. So the, own, the, the, uh, this powerful man was, was really, really touched by this. And he said, wow, that's so beautiful. He said, you know what? I really appreciate that. You could build this for me. And just come and take whatever supplies you need. Obviously, I'll pay for it. You don't have to pay for it. It's on the house. Whatever you need, just take. And so every day he would come and he would put in an order for, I need 100 you know, pieces of wood. I need I need 50 pounds of, of mortar, etc. Because you're building a palace for me. So it says, says Ramadan to Salman, this is exactly what it is. On Rosh Hashanah, we stand in front of Hashem. And we say, Rabban Shalom, Asay Lamancha. I work for you. You're benevolent. You're great. I want to build your palace. I want you to be the king of us. I want you, I want to feel your presence every day. We want to serve Hashem. And so Hashem says, that's amazing. I will give you whatever you need. Just come to me. Just say, tell me what you need. I'll give it to you. And so it says, that's what's going on. On Rosh Hashanah, the first thing we think about is, I want a relationship with you and I want to have, I want to build your palace. And so that's what we do. That's why we daven all these, that's why we do, all, all the parts of the Shemona Esrei are being Mamluch Hashem. That's the purpose. And then throughout the year, we ask for the different deposits, what we need. Okay, Hashem, you know, please, I, I, Baruch Hashem, I have a wife, I have to, you know, I need a feeder, I, I have children, I need to, feed, need to feed them. Baruch Hashem, Hashem, you know, we need, please give us refuah. And Hashem benevolently grants us many, many great things. Yeah, it's true, sometimes Hashem says no to certain requests. It's a, it's a whole different schmooze. But the, the icker thing is that Hashem's chesed is surrounding us in every in every day of our lives. And that's, that is the esod of Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, we are Mamlech Hashem. On Yom Kippur, which I'll get to in a second, on, on, and, and, and throughout the rest of the year, we delve in the Shemona Esrei to ask for those actual things now that we've established that relationship. By the way, Agav, if you want to know what Yom Kippur is, Yom Kippur is after a Mamlech Hashem, then Hashem says, I set up a clinic where you could go to a doctor and get the medical attention you need. This whole year, you were so sick, and you go to the doctor and you, you reveal everything. You tell him everything that hurts because he's the best doctor, Hashem. And you say, all we go to the doctor and we get, we get healed, we get fixed. That's that's what Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is. Zuck Ramadan Solomon. This is this is the clincher. This is so beautiful. We always hear from our Rizal, Anila Dodi Dodi Le, and we always think that the point of El means that I get close to Hashem. Yeah, of course that's the point. Says the Gra and Sidar Gra. What's the shot? If you think about the words, there's something very profound. Ani Ladodi is not just I'm close to Hashem. He's close to me. That's not what it's saying. Ani Ladodi means I do everything for you, Hashem. I am focused on you, Hashem. I work for you, Hashem. Anila Dodi means I take care of you, Hashem. I want you to have your palace in this world. That's my focus. And then Dodi Li, Hashem says, you're taking care of me. I'll give you whatever you need. That's how it works. So when Rosh Hashanah is approaching, that's what, that's the avoda. I, I, I hope Hashem should allow me the strength. I once wanted to make an entire list of all the 20 Ramazim of El, what it stands for. You know, Ina Liyado, right? Vesanti Lechamakom, which is another famous remez um, of, of El as well. That inaliyado, which by the way I, I can't say the words and not explain it a drop. Inaliyado means that everything that happens comes from Hashem. 
It's talking about the person that killed by accident, which is a terrible tragedy. Terrible tragedy, happy. But even in that, 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 um, Hashem caused something to happen. Hashem says, I give you a place to run. And that's Hashem says, I make it easy to do tshuva, which is a beautiful remise for El, because it's a recognition that, that even our mistakes, are, that, are, that even are tragic sometimes, are, are tragic mistakes. And who hasn't had a life with tragic mistakes? Everyone makes tragic mistakes. Even those things somehow are all Menashe Mayim, and everything is Ratzon Hashem, and nothing can happen without the Rabbanu Shalom willing it. But even with those things, where you can do tshuva, and you can fix yourself. It's such a beautiful idea. That's the, the Yisod of Ramat Yisod Salman, and that's Anila Dodi Vidodi Li. I do everything for Hashem, the famous part of Rishol Salanter, that he showed his Talmidim how expensive the tea was, in that because you're paying for the ambiance, but also if you work for the... If you work for the hotel, then you can get as many free drinks as you want within reason, um, because you you work for that you work for them. All right, let us go to Rebelech Biderin from the article series. A couple of Rs. Rebelech is heart piercing. Okay, so he says like this: El is Anila Dodi Dodi Li Kiadua, passing in Shirashirim. But the word Dod is is my uncle. So Anila Dodi, I'm to my uncle Hashem. The Dodi Li, why is Hashem called an uncle? And says Rebelech in his classic beauty. Because uncles are more forgiving than fathers sometimes, and we're trying to evoke Rachamim. If you think about that, that's a very, very fascinating thing. Um, Rav Melech brings down almost every year, he says a story about the Gaivet of the Eda Haredes in Yerushalayim, or Vitzlak Tuvia Weiss. He was a child during World War II. A war broke out. He lived in a small Slovakian town called Pesing, and the community leaders didn't know what to do. People didn't know how bad Hitler was. And so they sent this child who wouldn't attract the German attention as they were closing in to go to the town Preshburg and find out what's going on. So he runs to the Rosh Hakal's house, and the Rosh Hakal says it's terrible. They're, they're starting to kill. They're rounding people up. It's going to be a total devastation. But I have a kinder tr- transport ticket to England, and since you're this precocious, sweet child that came, tell the Rav that it's bad. Whoever could escape should escape, and tell and tell your parents that they should let you go because it's Mamish that comes to Fushis. So Tivia comes back, and his parents do research and they speak to the Rav, etc. And, and it's determined that, yes, he needs to go. And this is the last time they ever spoke to him. And, they, and this is, can you imagine, parents saying goodbye. And Rav, and, and Rav Yitzhak Tuvia Weiss, who I was okay to meet in 2017, get a bracha from when I was in Eretz Yisrael, passed away a few years ago. Um, so his mother's last words were, remain a yid, a yid, remain a yid, which is a beautiful testament to the Jewish resilience. Anyway, so he gets saved on the Kinzer t- Transport. And they're settling in. Of course, all the families would later be murdered by the Nazis. And the um, British government wants to try to cheer the kids up. So they make a big parade. And they're they're proud about what they did. It was a, you know, it was a complicated operation, the kindred transport with lots of Jewish money and lots of lots of uh, diplomacy, etc. And the kids line up for the, at this parade and the king wants to come to give them honor. Um, so the king is passing by and one child who's standing next to this young Tovia Weiss, uh, runs up to the king, and everybody is a little bit alarmed by what's going on, and he says, please, I, I thank you for saving me, but how could I live without my parents? And they try to restrain the kid, and the king says, no, 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 let me hear. And he writes down the kid's name and his parents' names and the city he was from. And two weeks later, the parents were saved. They were pulled out, and they, sh- they showed up. And of course, nobody regrets not running to the king, because who would have thought to do such a thing? But Senator of Tovia Weiss, he thinks about this every... Roshana, it's a time. That's that's how Melech. You call out to Hashem, Karav Hashem Lechol Karav. But dear Hashem Bimatzo, even more so on this time of year, where the Rebbeinu Shalom is here, we should call out to him and we should beg him for what we need. 
Remelech on page 54 brings down a Gemara Bobmatsia, Kuf Vav Amadalf, very, very fascinating thing. Paskin and Shulchan Arach, that if you are an Aris, a sharecropper who is watching a field and you make a deal that you don't have to pay rent for living there and you'll get a certain percentage of the field, um, but you just have to plant wheat in the field. And you went against against uh, the instructions and you planted barley. So, of course, you're obligated to pay rent if it if if uh, if something goes wrong. However, the Gemara says, what if, what if there's a massive um, calamity that befalls the entire uh, region? So whatever you would have planted would have gotten destroyed anyway, seemingly. The Gemara says you're still obligated to pay. Why? It's not fair. No, because the owner could say, I've been davening for the wheat, that Hashem should save it, and no calamity should fall. And you put barley, so that's why my tefillah wasn't answered. Now, that's a pella, but that's the halacha, literally. So you see that your tefillah, mamish, is Paul Yeshua's. We have no idea what our, the strength of our tefillah is. My Rabbi, Rabbi Asher, Rubens, he's outside, you so we say that he heard from Eli Lapian that when he was sick, he said he felt that Rechayim Shulevet saved his life with his tefillahs. That's, that's what he felt, whatever reason. That's, uh, that's an amazing thing. Rebelech says a joke on page 56, that when you scream out HaMelech, it's a reminder, focus on Hashem. I know, he says, there's some guy who davens too loud, there's someone who cries too much, the air conditioning isn't working, or it's too cold, the chazan isn't too chazan, there's always, HaMelech, don't forget why you're here. Don't forget the main focus of what you're doing here. Which is, I find that very funny, because I think it's very true. Ah, Shikavaldi, Chachma Shlomo. The Chachma Shlomo says, what, what's the pshat? I just want to say, by the way, there's a saver called Cheshik Shlomo. Sometimes you see it in the Mepharshim in the back of the Gemara. It's such a beautiful Lushan. Look, look at Cheshik Shlomo, the desire of Shlomo. What is, his desire was Torah. Anyway, the Chachma Shlomo, which is a play on word, words from the, uh, you know, the Chachma of Shlomo Melech. So he says in his safer that the Samanim are very peladic because I don't understand. He said, let's say you pick up the word, the, the Ruvia. So Ruvia means to increase. So what, what? Okay, so increase what? It's vague. So oh, we say oh, we should have more children, or we should be be more successful. And then Karsi, uh, we say, which means to cut off. Well, we say first our enemies; they should be cut off. He says it doesn't make sense. We're we're kind of rigging it. We're picking up something, and if it's a good thing, then we're then we're saying oh, it should be for us. And if it's a bad thing, we're saying oh, our enemies should be the tail. It doesn't make sense. What are you doing? Says the That's exactly what you're doing. You're being native. You're looking at it in a positive way at things. You want to have a good year. Learn how to how to how to put spin things in a positive way for your benefit, in a healthy way for your benefit, and learn how to how to you know ask Hashem to help you to overcome your enemies. Okay, there's a um, there's a story he brings down on page sixty one. There was a massive battlefield and lots and lots of carnage and death, and there was one soldier who was there, and he was so badly wounded that he couldn't move. And when they were identifying dead bodies, when they looked at him, they just saw all the bodies around him were dead, and they just assumed he was dead too. And what could he do? He couldn't. He couldn't even be audible. He, he his voice. He was trying to scream, but he couldn't move. He, he had no strength left. And with his last strength, all he could do was cry. And in that cry, they noticed that there was a tear dripping down, and they that saved his life. They pulled him out. And they revived him. So it says Ramelech, that's all we could do sometimes. Which, by the way, this is the same part with the chauffeur. It's just a cry. Sometimes we don't even know what to say to Hashem. But that in that cry of sincerity, that's where Hashem saves us. Um, the Revelech brings down from a number of Sfarim that Shofar stands for Seusha'arim Rashechem Uzu Pischeolam, which is like a Valdic Vart. That we sing this throughout the whole 
the whole, by the way, the whole Rosh Hashanah connects us to Atah Reisel Adas. We're starting in Rosh Hashanah to get to Sukkot, to, to be Mekabal Hashem, and to, and, to, and to connect to Hashem's Torah. So that's that's the vart of Su'ush Arim HaShechem, Us'u Pischei Olam, that the entire avoda of, of the shofar is to try to help open up the gates of heaven so we can connect to Hashem. Also, Azimali Schok Pinu Ulshanina Rina, Schok Pinu Ulshanina Rina is, again, shofar, that it's it's supposed to be a herald for Mashiach. There's another vart that he brings down, which I don't see in front of me which page it's on, um, so I don't want to forget it, that the word akara, the letters that follow akara, are shofar. What does that show us? Akara means barren, someone that doesn't have children. So um, the word, the letters after akara spell the letters of shofar. Why? Because if a person wants a solution to something that they're akar, right? If you want, if you want a, a solution for something that you feel you're lacking, then the shofar is what humbles us and makes us come in front of Hashem, and we should say to Hashem that this is what I need. Please, Hashem, please help us. Okay, this is an interesting story of sensitivity. That during World War One, the Chavetz Chaim was forced into exile, and when Sukkot came, he was not able to get an esrog until finally somebody found him one from last year, but he bought for an absorbent price, and he was very, very excited to have it. But he didn't bring it to shul, so his Talmidim asked him, Rabbi, I don't understand. Why didn't you bring it to shul? And he lent it to people afterwards, so it wasn't a problem of, you know, him lending it out. He said, if I bring it to shul, how many people are going to see it? They're going to be with starving. They don't have it. He said, shaking the nanuim during um, halal is a derabanan. He already made the bracha on the first day, if, if it's no rice even. They're not the makamigdash, whatever. But he already made the bracha before he, he was yotze, right? But certainly making it in shul for nanuim for halal is derabanan. But hurting a yid is no raisa. And that sensitivity is very, very important. Um, another one that I wanted to say from Melech is this is a famous story of Dubna Magid Mashal, but it's worth hearing. Dubna Magid said there were two countries that were always fighting about a certain land, and there was lots of death and bloodshed over this land, and it just didn't last because one would conquer it, then the other one would get it back, and it was a whole mess. So finally, a, a, a wise mediator said, I have an idea. Each of you will send one soldier. You'll battle it out next to a pit. Whoever pushes the other one into the pit, so one will die, and that's it. Only one more person has to die. So they send these two soldiers. They agree, and the first country sends this massive guy. second country gets their strongest person, but he doesn't seem like he even has a chance. And the first one's just beating, beating, beating. And finally, he knocks down the, the second one, the weak guys, the weak, the weak soldier. And he starts dragging him. He's about to push him over the cliff. Suddenly, the second guy jumps up, pushes the first one in, and wins. So when they made a celebration, they asked him, why didn't you fight? He says, what do you mean? My whole tactic was I wanted to wait for him to get tired out. As soon as he knocked me down, I felt he was pulling me, pulling me, pulling me. And right before, that's when he was waning. And that's when, bam, I got it. So the Dovah said that sometimes people feel like, you know, oh, this is so hard. So he says, as as it gets closer in to the time of of, the, of, of import, we have 40 days of L. Okay, you missed that. Fine, no problem. So focus on Aseris Mechuvah. Okay, focus on Rosh Hashanah. Okay, a person doesn't always take full opportunity. Okay, focus on the days in between. You didn't take full opportunity. Focus on Yom Kippur. You didn't, okay, fine. Focus on, on, on whatever you can. Focus on the Elah. Focus on the appeal time. But just grab grab that moment of, you know, Everything goes after the chasimah, so make sure to focus on that. He also says sometimes the Yitzhahara lets you have a victory, then he comes back for you as well. So it's also an important episode of life, which I think is really, really important. He tells over a story of Ravishaya Bardaki, which is very famous. He was one of the founders of the old Yishuv in Yishlaim. He was originally a Rav in Pinsk, so you're talking about the 1800s. And his wife passed away, unfortunately. So he spoke to his kids, and he decided that they were going to 
go make Aliyah to Israel. So they're on a very, very rickety boat, and the boat gets destroyed in a massive storm, and he's holding his son and his daughter, and Imam is just f- struggling for life. All of a sudden, he drops his daughter. He just can't hold it anymore. And she screams, Daddy, save me. There's no one else. You're my only father. And he all of a sudden feels this vigorous feeling inside him, and he gets up, and he and he, he's able to grab her and tread water for another few hours till he gets him to safety, they finally make it to Eretz And he told her, he said, my daughter, he said this on his be- deathbed, but throughout life he said it many times, those words inspired me. Because when you turn to Hashem and you say, Hashem, there's no one else that can help me, that's the most amazing thing. And he said, that's literally what you taught what you taught me. Hashem, you are my father, and, and you're the one that saves. What a, what beautiful stories, a beautiful story. So we should all have a ksiva chasiva We should learn to turn to Hashem and connect to Hashem in meaningful ways. And this year should be one of bracha, health, arnasa, gesund, and Hashem should be Mali Kol Mishal Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.